episode 30 man that's crazy this season feels like it's blown by i don't yeah. know about you but but damn it's we're almost back to summer break we we're just talking about that summer yeah. break is coming again but we're trying to be a little more prepared you know as some of our listeners know i am expecting my first child christian's expecting his first grandchild at the same time it's very weird yeah yeah, it's probably gonna come on the same day too. Crazy. Yeah, that would be kind of crazy. I would. Yeah. So we're what we're doing is we're trying to get as prepared as we can to where there's no hiccups in the content. Hate that word. The episodes, the art that you and I produce. We want to get as, as far ahead that where if there's anything crazy going on where your boy is losing his mind from sleeplessness, I can capitalize on it. Sure, but also I just don't want there to be any gaps where it's like, hey, sorry, I can't post an episode today or this week or can't post an episode this year because your boy's tired. So this is this was like the smartest thing we could do is just get as far ahead as we can. So we're planning out the summer break episodes already. We're probably going to be recording a couple summer break episodes today to just start preparing, start editing and stuff like that. But we've got a lot of fun plans as always. Yeah, it's just kind of creeping up on us. And that's that's always crazy to see that. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky, you know, episode 30. No, I'm like, just, just do <laughs> I was it. Like, wait just, a second. Just do it all over again now. Today, we're actually going to be touching on miracles and manifestations. And this is one of a couple episodes that are actually going to be a, a little on the lighter side. You know, we, we love talking about demons and all that crazy stuff nonstop. But also, there's good things that happen in the world. And there's crazy, unexplainable things that are also wholesome. They leave, you, you leave and you're like, you know what? I feel a little better. I'll try not to sound too much like a hippie. Yeah. Well, that's difficult for you, I know. But uh, so today, yeah manifestations miracles got like a psychic story in here too just just fun stuff where it's just kind of like ah you know it's like chicken soup for the paranormal soul really if anything but before we get started on any of that i did want to touch on let's just get socials out of the way first we brought back bonus videos on youtube if you are unaware so if you haven't subscribed to the, the freaky Deaky youtube channel yet do so we're going to be posting bonus videos every friday got you know extended 10 minute teasers on youtube as well every wednesday before the episodes drop and you know we're talking about working in more stuff maybe on monday as well but that's all kind of in the works at the moment we're gonna see how it plays out you can find us on facebook and instagram at freaky deaky pod and at on tiktok at tft paranormal and i did want to give a little shout out to you know we've been we always try to like we jump in the comments ourselves on facebook like we'll post as a page and then it's kind of like i'll still roast everything that you post just because that's that's kind of like our dynamic sometimes i set it up like oh this one's good there you go knowing that it'll just trigger me and then i like i don't even care i'll comment for my personal page whatever but i did want to give a shout out because we've we've been talking to we've been making friends over on the facebook page yeah. which is which is very rare for the longest time facebook was like a ghost town almost yeah. where you know we post uh, episode previews and people were like hey we don't care give a shit and then we're like okay sorry everyone don't you know sorry to bother but but as of recently you know we've made homies with with teresa with Lindsay, with grant say they're really enjoying the show and that's that's stuff that we like to hear and we like talking to you guys making friends and as crystalia says make friends in the comments that's what we're all about yep i like to talk he does and i like to roast him so so it really works out for everyone involved so yeah if you're not following us on facebook or like liking the page on facebook go do that 
If you're not following on Instagram, there's a lot of fun stuff that's posted over there as well. Yeah, I post memes every Friday. It's a real treat. Yeah, it's a real treat. All that aside. Um, Christian, have you ever witnessed a miracle or something that could be like it fall in the category of miracles? Yes. Let's hear it. The year the Kings won their okay. second Stanley Cup, they came back from being down three nothing in the series three times. That was a good series. Good three series. A good three series. Yeah, that was, but that was also very, I was anxious the entire time. And that was not a fun thing to watch. But when you get emotionally involved. It was triumphant at the end. Yeah. And I think that's a real miracle. I mean, that's doesn't really count, but yeah, you're emotionally involved, even if you weren't prior to that. I also want to give a shout out to Seth, who has been an avid listener from the jump. He kind of followed over from my beard care brand, Anointed AK. And he did a couple of review videos on the Freaky Deaky collaboration that dropped last October. So if you want to check that out, go do that. But his brother is going to be playing with the Fairbanks Ice Dogs in the NAHL. Hockey's awesome. Hockey is awesome. So he said, he was saying like, hey, we're going to have to meet up when he's all like, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, just a brisk six hour drive from Fairbanks to get to where we're at. But but Seth, if you make your way out here, man, you could be on an episode of the podcast. We'll yep. make it happen. We yep. love having guests. Just before he heads home, he just flies, comes through Anchorage. That's all it takes. Flies home from Anchorage. Yeah. And you'll have a personal carrier. Yep. You can take a... A flight from Fairbanks to Anchorage, come do the podcast, and then when you have to head home, go out of Anchorage. Yeah, or just stay here and live here forever. Those are the options. Those are the options. Yes. Final shout out. I wanted to thank Tony for the shout out. He gave us a shout out on the confessionals a few weeks ago. Very kind of him. And he just dropped a documentary, Expedition Dogman, through Legion of Legends, which is another, which is like a production company of his. And uh, I got to hook up, and it's a fantastic documentary, and I'm trying to get him to come out to Alaska. And go look into the, what's that Bigfoot you talked about? Kushtaka? Nope. The one that was in the uh, Port Chatham? Nantioch? Yeah. So I'm trying to get him to come out here for one of those and do two of them. Because then I was like, then we can tag along. That'd be fun. You want to go to Port Chatham? Yeah. Why not? You're not as big of a chicken as I thought you were. Nah, dude. If I'm in a group, I can do anything. Like, if it's just me, I'm not going to go solo. Like, Expedition Scott, no thanks. <laughs> Count me out of all that bullshit. Yeah, but there's too many bat- too many missing stories that start that way. There would be another one if yeah. I were to take Trek alone. So um, so now all the you know housekeeping's out of the way. Let's let's just dive into this episode, huh? I feel like we've talked for a solid, oh, look at that, 30 minutes. If you're wondering, if you're looking at your podcast player and you're like, hey, it doesn't say 30 minutes on mine, check the end of this episode. I'm sure you might find a solid, uh, let's call it a solid 20, solid 15 after I edit Christian's pauses out. <laughs> so let's just let's let's dive in. This first story comes to us from New Girl, and it's called or New Girl N O. However you want to look at it, the doggone psychic saves the day. About twenty years ago, we had a really old rescue dog, an adorable chunk of a terrier called Sparky. He came to us at 14 and was going deaf and had nasty cataracts, but was otherwise relatively fit and well and happy. Now our house is set in the side of a shallow hill, and our garden slopes down to a stream that joins that river, and flows through several neighbors' gardens before it gets to us. That sounds hella dope. Now Sparky generally knew his way around the garden, but didn't generally stay outside too long. He liked his creature comforts, and after a long time at the RSPCA, he had this blissful way of rolling around on his super luxe dog bed spent most of his time snoozing or being cuddled. This one day I let him out, left the garden door open, and carried on with my chores. After a while, I realized I hadn't seen him for ages, so went out to call him in. He was nowhere to be seen. I mentioned it to my husband and family, none of whom could remember the last time they'd seen him. We all searched the garden. We all looked down the road. 
walked around the village, calling. Nothing. He's vanished. My sister keeps her horses at our staples, and she said, Oh yeah, the horse whisperer woman I used also does missing pets. Call her. She had a horse with, also kind of dope, it's a horse whisperer. Wish I could get a title like that of any kind. Uh, she had a horse with weird behavior problems, and this horse psychic had helped an incredible amount. But my husband is a scientist at heart, and so he and I laughed at my freaky sister and kept searching. <laughs> get your get your horse whisperer psychic lady out of here. <laughs> we believe in science in this house. Yeah. Science will bring our dog home. <laughs> All right, so hours pass. It starts getting dark. It's really cold. I'm freaking out. I phone the fucking psychic. She did it. <laughs> and by the sound of the sentence, not very happy about it either. I phoned the fucking psychic. She was super sweet, told me to go and pick up, pick up something that was his, a blanket or something, and hold it to me while she, quote, felt it from mm -hmm. the other side of the phone. I hadn't told her who I was or where I was. I just started, I just blurted out, I had a missing dog, and could she help? She was quiet for a while, then said, yep, I've got him. His cataracts are much worse on the right side, aren't they? And he has a wart on his nose. Goosebumps. Okay, go out your front door, turn left at the road, and he's standing in shallow water at the first set of trees that don't belong to you. He's wet and cold, but he's going to be fine. So I say to husband, quote, she's giving me directions. I'm off to collect Sparky. Oh, how he smirked. Less than five minutes later, I'm back with a soggy old dog, relieved beyond measure and tearful with gratitude. He'd gone into the stream, but walked against the current, which he'd never done before, found himself in our neighbor's garden, where the sides of the stream are steep, not shallow, and got disoriented. He was exactly where she said. I called her back to thank her. She was pleased but not remotely surprised and adamantly wouldn't let me pay her. I baked her a ton of brownies, having persuaded her husband to give me her address and favorite cake. She was just amazing. We never would have found him, and he wouldn't have survived the night. Very sadly, she died a few years later. I think about it often. She lived 200 miles away, had no idea even where I was calling from. She did her horse psychic stuff remotely too, let alone the setup slash lay of the land of the property. My smirking husband no longer smirks and is more willing to consider things that don't make scientific sense these days. Oh, it sounds a lot like you. And is the first to admit that on that day, a genuine ability to quote, tune in to other creatures makes as much sense as any other explanation. See, I think I think part of that quote right there is wrong because I think there is science to this. Oh God, here we go. We just don't understand it yet. This is science. Because theoretically, to be able to make a connection, this lady to make a connection hmm. psychically to this area, two hundred miles away, to find this damn dog. That there is connections or science. Is it or is it like remote viewing? It still would be, it's, there's still a <laughs> no, way that no. science lets that happen. It's not, it's, it's, it's magical because we don't understand it, but we have, and I think we were talking forever before we recorded about weird things that we don't under quite, we, we have the most of the evidence there, yeah, but not all of it. And in this case, we have most of the evidence that people could make some kind of weird connection psychically yeah. across vast differences. We don't know how some, and, and I guarantee you a lot of scientists will say no, but they can move atoms in different parts of the world, Witchcraft. make one atom move. And then across the world, it's, it's, you know, connecting atom or whatever. And I'm totally butchering how I explain this, but they can make that move across the world. Oh yeah. So why can't a thought or a connection be the same thing? Yeah. But see, that's, that can be viewed as science, but let's be honest, that's sorcery. 
all right? It has to be. Sorcery? Why yeah. do you put such a negative tone no, sor- on it? No, so what's wrong with saying sorcery? Sorcery isn't, like, it doesn't have to be negative. It's just magic. It's magical. That's beautiful. Okay, then let's call it beautiful. That's beautiful. I mean, but, she found her dog. Yeah. These two, and you know. But it's given off, like, real men who stare at goats vibes, right? Like, is she a psychic or is she just, like, a remote viewer who's, like. I think they're the same. They're just, they use it, that connection differently. I'd, I'd like to, sense. I'd like to know, like, is this something that you're just born with? Or is this something that you fine tune? And I'm sure like we have like probably some psychics, whether, you know, armchair psychics or otherwise that, that tune into the show. So if, if you're someone that, that feels like you have some kind of like psychic ability, let's hear it. I want to hear if, if is this something that you're like legitimately born with and you've had your entire life? Or is this something that you just kind of like fine tuned? Like how they, they kind of say like, um, what is it? The third eye called? The third eye. No. What's the pineal the, gland? Yeah, the, the pineal gland. Like, is it something that like, like you just have access to your pineal gland? Or, you know, ours is maybe calcified a little more, so we can't really tune into that type of stuff as, as well as the others can. I think that's wrong. I think we can all tune into it and remote viewing proves it. Because when the government put together their group of remote viewers, the whole point of proving that this was possible was not just taking psychics, mm. but taking regular military people that may have a connection or may not and throw all throwing them all into the group and training them all the same way yeah. and finding out that they all can remote view. Some are better than others. True. The ones that have had psychic experiences are far better than the others. Do you think it has anything to do with like physical health? I think it's, no, I think mental health. I think- um, Like you don't think if like you're like, just like you're very healthy, you eat very well, you're very physically fit, all this stuff, you don't think you'd be able to like tap in a little more because you're, maybe your levels are a little, I don't know, I don't know, I feel like I'm talking out of my ass on this, but like, and I am, because I'm not psychic, so I'm just questioning everything. I, I think certain, at certain points, health can have a factor. Yeah. But the most important part is, I they would think, how you're using your mind, you mm-hmm. know? And, and if you're able to be open to different connections around the world, you know, a scientist is nat- natru- naturally going to be closed off Certain religious people are going to be closed off saying that's the devil's work, so they won't be able to accept it and maybe not be able to do it. Mm. But if you're open to that kind of stuff, I mean, it changes the world. I think there's, I don't know if if being religious, you wouldn't be able to accept it or do it. There's a different term for it. Certain religions do not accept certain types of spiritual or psychic activity. Do you know any off the top of your head? Like which, which religions you're, because... Like for me, I being a like raised Christian and shit like that, like you wouldn't say that this person is psychic. You say that they have like a gift from God and they're like quote prophetic or But they're... it's still the same thing. Like, well, exactly. What I'm saying is it's it's a different term, but it's not frowned upon so much. It's it's just maybe you think you're receiving it from a different source than instead of just being like, Oh, this is me, I am a minor deity myself. You're saying, Oh, thanks God for you know giving me the superpowers. Some religions believe anything like this is witchcraft. Again, and do you have do you, any do you have... I'm not doxing religions, but <laughs> but certain certain realms of yeah. or certain practices of say christianity or islam firmly believe that any kind of magic which psychic phenomena would be is evil and not to be trusted so you're just talking like sects right like different... not, not not full not the full religions yeah, but certain yeah. sects of those well, it's two fine religions. it's fine to dox those man i don't think you're gonna get too much backlash from you know that type of I shit i mean there's so many there's probably hundreds of different sects of things that I'd never heard about that have the same view or have better views. You know, that yeah. there's just, there's a lot of diversity in belief that we, and the, the television doesn't always remind us about that. 
Yeah, well said. Um, I'm going to do this next one, then I'll give you the the, the next one because this yeah. this one is a banger, and I think I think you're going to enjoy it. This is from uh, Quest Sun, and it's the Ballad of the Lucky Sweatshirt and Catholic Grandma. When I was in kindergarten, about five years old, I think, my father had taken me to one of my brother's football games. I can remember playing near my dad's feet and wriggling around behind him on the floor of the bleachers. They were the kind of bleachers that didn't have backs on the seat, so if you were small enough, you could shimmy through. I was a good 20 steps up the bleachers and can remember that, that feeling of lurching stomach as I lost my grip and fell headfirst towards the ground. So it is that one. Mm -hmm. Directly below me was one of those shoddy construction fences meant to keep people from going under the bleachers, and my face was on course to be impaled. Now the bleachers have beams of metal underneath it, like big X shapes, to hold them up. And in the middle of this X is a small bolt that sticks out about a quarter inch. Not that far. The bolt caught the front of the neckline of my favorite sweater, I happened to be wearing that, quote, every day, and in one motion, my entire shirt was ripped off my body. I was turned right side up, and I plopped onto the ground about three feet away from the fence. I was startled but not hurt and started crying. And some nearby kids freaked out after I told them I had fallen because it was a good 20-foot drop. I found out when I was older that later that night, my super-religious, church-in-her-basement Roman Catholic grandma called my mom and asked if I was okay. My mom said, yes, he's okay. How did you know about the accident? She said she felt something bad and was going to happen, so she prayed for me specifically. I'm not religious, but I'll never forget that feeling of falling and dread, and then just sitting there with no shirt completely fine. Weird. That would be terrifying. <laughs> if you're falling, you're like, this is it. I'm about to be fucking impaled by this fence. And then just a screw that's sticking out this much grabs your hoodie and just rips that <laughs> clean off and sends you off. You're like, oh shit. Well, like, you're fa falling face first, mm. and then it catches. And by it catching and flipping you around the right way, mm. it breaks your momentum. Yeah. To the point where you're just like hit the ground. Just like plop. Yeah. And you're like, I survived. Yeah. I'm alive. Yeah. That's crazy, man. I don't know. Like, and, but that kind of reminds me of, uh, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a religious insight or anything like that, but I think it was a near death experience as we kind of touched on one person that was, you know, floating around the, the galaxy or whatever, or above earth when they were quote unquote dead and sees like prayers as like these beams that shoot out of one person and go directly to the person that they're praying for or whatever else they're praying for. And I kind of pictured that if this grandma is like having that feeling like, what the hell? And like, so starts praying for this boy, just this light beam. That's like, oh no, cue this, the small screw that's sticking out of the bleacher just catches him and flips him up. Cause my mom, my mom has done that a few times. She'll call me and be like, are you okay? I'm like, I think so. Yeah. I hope so. She's like, oh, I just felt weird. So I was praying for you. I'm like, well, thanks, I guess. I hope I wasn't dying. <laughs> I mean, and I would say with my beliefs, it's prayers work like that hmm. because a prayer is basically energy directed. Well, that's what I'm saying with like the light beams and stuff like that. It's like if you can visualize what an actual like, like quote, good vibe or a prayer yeah. is, if it really is something that like you're sending that person help via even just energy or like thoughts or like, you know, but we talk about topos and thought form. If it's really that strong and it's, you really have this ability to tap into something like that, what isn't possible, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, if that's the case, a, a God or a spirit flying by or whatever could see that, that energy and go take a look and be like, oh, flip that shirt over the Like, oh the shit, bolt. this kid's about to get impaled. Boop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of people with plenty of stories where they should have think something much worse should have happened and something came along and protected them. Yeah. I have plenty of those for my life. Like so much that I've probably forgotten 99% of them. And I probably, if you ask me right now, I probably won't be able to think of one, but I know there's been moments where I've been like, 
Mm, Me too, but I can't think of one right now either. (laughs) Yeah, brain was completely like, no, erase that. Don't ever think on that again. You won't ever get anything done. Yeah, man. It's a crazy story. I like that one. Me too. I like that one because it was just like the way he said, you know, this this screw sticks out a quarter of an inch. Like, that's not a lot of <laughs> that's not a lot of area to catch on something like that. So really does just make you think like, ah, oh, maybe something's up there watching you. Or maybe it was coincidence. Either way, that kid had quite an experience and told us a great story. True. And is alive to tell yeah. the story, so even better. Yeah. Yeah. You can uh go on to this next one. And this this title is a a play on the Jack Johnson song. The hockey player? Yeah, the hockey player that decided to start writing acoustic ballads. Yeah, he had to. His parents stole all his money. And I gotta make it back somehow. Yeah. This one is from Zenib. Sure. There's a D and a Z at the beginning, so that you guys can figure it out. Floating, mm-hmm. waiting, wishing. Yeah. And now you can, in your head, sing along to Sitting, Waiting, Wishing by Jack Johnson. I will not do that. I'm not familiar with that song. You probably are. Probably. I had, <clears throat> great, first, great start. Yeah, first story. I had to take time off work because of stress, because of a stress-induced illness. After a number of months, I was really struggling, wondering if I had aged out of my profession and would ever find a job well-suited to me again. I spent a lot of time floating around in a pool, on vacation, pondering my lengthy career and reflecting on what type of work made me most happy and fulfilled. And I realized... It was my very first career of several decades prior. About one month later, I got a call out of the blue from someone who I had worked with, but barely knew or liked, asking me what I was up to and recruited me to the exact type of job I had envisioned for myself. It was, it was and is literally the perfect job, doing what I love for a company, making products that I love, working remote forever, the perfect size and the perfect phase of growth. I asked for a salary of X and she countered with almost 20,000 more. When does that ever happen, right? Huh? This is what I want. And they're like, how about I give you more? Yeah, not very often. Yeah. I have never in my lengthy career had the kind of executive level support and recognition for the work I do, ever. I had one project that was immensely successful, the kind of project people in my career dream about, and they still can't stop praising my work. It's unreal. I can't believe after manifesting this job floating around in a pool It fell on top of my head a month later. I'm in my second year now and things are still going strong. I am now wondering what else I should meditate, meditatively manifest. That's an interesting one. I can't, I, there's in a perfect world, I couldn't picture this happening ever. I could not imagine just sitting there and be like, "Mm, this is kind of what I want to do. This is what I'd be great at. And then a month later, having someone that you don't even like call you up and be like, hey, how about you come work for me? And how much do you want? And I'm going to give you 20 grand more. That's, that's like, that's crazy, dude. Okay, now I'm gonna try not. I'm gonna try to do this without going all the secret on you. Oh God! But it makes perfect sense. And if we go back to our conversation at the end of the previous story about energy going out, when you open yourself up to this world, including maybe dream a little, mm. those things become possible. And I think it's energy based magic, kind of in a way. But also, if we break it down, if we are ever able to break it down, there's some science behind it. Yeah. Where this energy goes or the fact that he's relaxing in a pool trying to, you know, figure out what's next, thinks about what's next. And then all of a sudden it comes into the life. We've heard that story millions of times. Yeah. Everybody has something similar to that, whether it's a relationship or a job or art or something. You know, when you open yourself up to possibilities, 
you know, those possibilities can happen. Unfortunately, the world around us tends to open us up to really negative possibilities. Yeah. And we don't, and we spend so much time focusing on stress and negativity in this world that we don't open ourselves up to good things like this, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it, it does in, in a sense. And even just from like an, like, I know you, and it's the same thing we always do, like energy, oh, it could be spiritual. It could be this and that. Like in this instance, sure, it's not like he's out there praying or anything like that, yeah. but but it's a similar thing. Like there's references to that even like biblically where, and that's more, you know, asking God or whatever. But I think somewhere in like Psalm 37 or something, it talks about desires of your heart. If you delight yourself in God, like you get, but at the very base of that is being joyful. Yeah. And like being happy and stuff like that. You know, the very base of that like ideology is being content and being happy. And if you're content and happy, then you'll get the desires of your heart. And so like, I can imagine being in like a, a kind of a pool like this and just like kind of like re floating around, reflecting on your life and shit like that. And just thinking about stuff that you'd want to do and then having that happen. Like, so all these things like kind of, and I know like we've talked about it all the time, we give different names for the same fucking thing, but like, it's just, it's a similar concept. And it's one that I've actually been trying to get better at myself because my life, even though like there's things about my life that I enjoy, I'm also going through a period where it's just really rough. Like there's just a lot of shit going wrong where I feel like I'm like, it's not really good. And, and this is where, and we talk about, you guys don't get to hear us talking about this yeah. before the podcast, but we talk about it and Scott's always a little bit more stressed. And I'm like, man, it's not the stress. You got to focus on taking a break from the stress. Yeah. And that's kind of like foreign to you. Yeah. And so you, and this is where, you know, when people try to get spiritual or psychic or meditative, hmm. sometimes they think that just breathing a certain way makes that happen for these type of practices, especially for you. Like for me, this is easy, I think, because I live my life in a really like Zen. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. So it's easy for me. But I know that like someone like you who worries about the next thing, the minute you take a break from the thing that was stressing you before, yeah. you have to put the work into clearing your mind and taking that hour a few times a week of meditative structure, whether you're yeah. meditating or whatever, or just clearing your mind. I mean, that clearing your mind is what opens up all that other stuff and mm. it makes it able. You cannot constantly operate on stress. Yeah. And the, but the world around you, that's all it is, is stress in one way or another. So you, you actually have to force yourself to take that break in whatever realm of the world you are or whatever you need to do. Yeah. You can't let all this stress overwhelm you. You have to reboot the brain. And that could be spiritually or mentally. Who cares? As long as it's kind of, you get that peace and quiet. Yeah. You can be religious or you can be a skeptic. As long as you reboot that brain in a way that brings, you can open yourself up to more joy. Yeah. Well, I have a, I have a, a theory that might help with the easing of that, that I will probably look into. Actually, you'd probably enjoy it too. So maybe we'll just go together at some point. But outside of that, like, it's not even like I stress about things, but it's also, I stress about things that that I put on my plate because I'm a very creative person and I love having projects and I love doing things, but there gets to a point where I do so many things that it's like, wow, I really outdid it. And, but I get in a, a habit where I'm like, I, this is a schedule now I have to keep the schedule and it's on top of that. But it's also that I want to be successful. And now that, you know, we're, we're having a family, we're starting a family. Like I want, I don't want to be just someone that had a dream and then was like, yeah, you know, I, I got too tired. So I stopped doing it. Like it's, it's, it's something where it's like, no, you got to keep digging in. You got to keep, even when it feels uncomfortable and you feel like you're giving up and you feel like so tired that nothing seems to matter. Like you got to keep digging into that. And, and so I'm like determined. It's like, no matter what I do. And I've had this weird, like, and it's probably like 
I don't know how you'd say it on sur- it's like surface level shit where it's like, oh, almost kind of not conceited, but like a narcissistic. Ju- no, not even that really. <laughs> just uh, like I've always had this weird thought that I was going to be a millionaire someday. And I know a lot of people have it, but the difference between people that have it and people that succeed in that is the work in between. And to be able to do that work and the way you think you need to schedule that time to clear your mind. Yeah. That has to be part of your schedule. It doesn't have to be every day or it could be five to 10 minutes a day. Yeah. But if you schedule that and practice it and work on it, I think the product will come out better, you know, like in our case, the podcast yeah, or also your business or your parenting, but also it'll be healthier and you'll enjoy it more. You cannot come from a level of, you know, the hustle generation where all you do is hustle. That is not healthy. But that's the generation I'm a part of. Yeah. And that's why you have to work at finding a little bit more, in my words, zen, you know, in your words, it could, you could just be sitting there pondering whatever. you got to get, you know, you got to shut your brain down a little bit. Yeah. And in the end, and this is something I've always been a mellow person, but my brain has never, I've never really practiced that until one day I'm like, this is how I have to be. It makes, it'll make me happier. Yeah. So now things don't really rattle me too much. I'll have bad days, sure, but I'm able to step in, step away from it or, or shut it down and find a little bit more of the, the joyful part of it. Yeah. And it works for me. Hmm? It's not going to work the same for you because we're different personalities, but it's more important for you than it is for me because it's a natural state for me. Yeah. And it's not, but it's healthy. I just feel like like that millionaire mentality, like from being a kid, like to where I was like, if I collect enough of these, you know, Thai beanie babies, yeah, guess who's going to be a millionaire? Like at, at a really young age, and but the idea has always been—it's never been something like I just want to be rich and like flaunt it. Yeah, it's always been I want to be rich enough to where I don't have to work for someone, and I can just do my passion projects nonstop. Yeah, like without worrying that oh, this passion project of mine flopped, and now I'm in the red, and now I'm worried, and now I can't keep a roof over my kid's head, and all this shit. Like, like that's the stuff I worry about with my business right now. Is it's not doing great. So it's like either turn that around or get to the point where build something up to the point of success where it's like we're living comfortably and still having a lot of fun with it. Because I just like to I enjoy the, my, the projects that I put on like anything I touch. I'm like, I, it has to be something I'm passionate about. Maybe it's time to move on from the business. But I thought so, too. I tried. I was going to try selling it and stuff, but I just I don't know. It's not it's not doing well. I can't sell it right now. Well, and this is why it's more important to get that time, clear your mind. And you know how we do that. And this is the, you know, to end this tangent, I guess. We have a lot of segments where it's like therapy for me. Like I can't afford a therapist. So it's like, I just give my problems to other people. I'm like, hey, this is what I worry with. Deal with that. But to end that, I want to do the, the, what is it? The the salt salt things, the the floats. They're like, the oh. meditative. <laughs> like they have one in Anchorage, dude. I want to go do it. Why don't we just build one? Because that sounds expensive. It's not. But a, an isolation chamber, like yeah. a complete isolation chamber is not, you're talking about just getting like ping pong balls on the eyeballs and like shining red in there. No. Or are we talking? You build the, the whole thing out of wood, throw it in, throw the, throw the stuff in there. That's what there's plans online about it. Yeah. That doesn't sound, that sounds very. All you need is almost like a fish tank heater type things, but advanced, a be- more expensive one. Hmm. But you just need a heater that keeps the water to a certain temperature. We'll tell you what, when when the podcast grows and we start our you know premium, the premium platforms and whatnot and start doing extra episodes and whatnot for people that are, are fans of the show, we'll work that into the budget somewhere. But for the time being, you want to go to Anchorage and yeah, we can hallucinate. Do, yeah. See, that's the thing is, I, am I the person that hallucinates in that situation or am I the person that just like zonks out and is like, ah, yes. Probably the guy that hallucinates. If I had a wager, I'd probably be seeing some random shit. I don't know. 
hopefully you would let yourself relax enough to do that. Because it is kind of all like a state of mind, right? Yeah. And my state of mind is usually pretty bleak. So, But you need to be forced to do that stuff. That's what I'm saying. That's why you need mm. to schedule. Yeah. It know? would be nice. It'd be nice to just float and feel like nothing is even there. Like, am I even alive? That's what I do every time I go to go on a vacation and go into the, to the ocean. Yeah. I, w- I will just sit there and float until I need to get out, warm up a little bit. But, you know, lately I've been going on, when I go to vacation to like tropical places, so where the water's super warm, you can stay in there and float mm-hmm. and just look into the horizon and whatever, whatever pops into your mind, pops into your mind. Yeah. That's where you need to get is where you can just let things come and flow and not like while you're relaxing, some thought floats by and you grab onto it and then break it down and decide how can this make my life better or worse and then it's like you've missed the point. The thoughts come in and then they go out when you're trying to clean out your brain a little. So just float. Yeah. <laughs> we we all float. Modest Mouse was right. Who would have thought? We all float on. Or Pennywise. No, they all float down there. Yeah. Modest Mouse says we all float on. All right. We all float on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Classic. Was that Modest Mouse or is that Matthew McCann? Who, who knows? Yeah. Who's to say? Do you know who Modest Mouse is? Yeah. I have okay. some of their songs on my phone. Stop lying. Stop trying to be hip. Um, (laughs) Okay. This next one is from Livid Lager. Best beer in the land. The Livid Lager. This is the disembodied guardian. When I was about 12, I was at a store and was following my family up an escalator. I stood on my toes looking over the railing when I heard my mom calmly call my name. As I leaned back from the railing, I passed the underside of the opposing escalator. They were very close together and I realized that if I hadn't moved my head when I did, that it could have been a very bad situation. Decapitated. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thinking that my mom was going to smack me for almost getting myself killed, I looked up at her. She wasn't even looking at me. I asked her if she called for me, but she said that she hadn't. Neither her nor my father had heard anyone else talking. Years later, when I visited the store, there was a plexiglass barrier preventing anyone else from doing the big dumb I did. That's weird. That's that's that should that actually could have been in the Guardian Angel episode that we're gonna do. Could have been, could but have maybe been. it wasn't a Guardian Angel. Like, but what else? Would, like, what else would it have been if you, you? Number one, you're young, right? So you're not even if you want to say that it's like it's you being aware of your surroundings or evolution telling us that like we're constantly hyper aware of everything. You're very young, you're and you're dumb and you're looking over this thing, not thinking anything of the sort. Then you just hear the voice of your mother say your name and you look up. And then the escalator comes down. Obviously, it wasn't her mother. Yeah. So who? And it like, doesn't necessarily have to be a guardian angel. But what else would it be in that situation? I mean, takes a village to raise a kid, and maybe there's a part. <laughs> maybe there's a spiritual vir- village out there too that isn't filled with guardian angels. If, yeah. In the real term of angels, you know, we just call them guardian angels. But when we say that, we get this image of an, an angelic spirit of, or a visitor, an angelic. Spirit visitor sure but yeah. it could just be any any old spirit any old something on magic. the other side i mean it could even be demons that kind of like kids you know wow. yeah mean, yeah sure that seems that seems I out mean, of everything that seems the most plausible one person's demon is another person's angel sometimes you can't just recycle phrases with different catch or keywords man that's i just not... did but it kind of makes sense i mean so i think that's fascinating i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility Could it be the brain be like, send that mom's name out there? Subconscious does weird crap. And the subconscious probably picks up on weird crap and filters it out of our life. Not that. I don't think at that age. I don't, I think, I think you have to reach certain levels before you're even like hyper aware situations or 
Like there's an age where you're just blissfully unaware or blissfully unaware, I if should say. If your subconscious has experienced many lives, mm. your subconscious is vastly superior to, the, to what we use day to day, if that makes sense. There, your subconscious, especially as a child, has access to more unbelievable shit than, than we can imagine as adults. And maybe you go back and remember certain things as a child that were just magical or spiritual or unexplainable. But really, that happens to all the kids when you really break it down. Kids have a connection to the, to the great unknown. And whoever's listening to us or, you know, you can be a scientist or a spiritualist and know there's a great unknown going on out there. Yeah. And it affects us and in ways we don't always understand. So there is something strange out there that saves the shit out of kids, especially, but also adults sometimes. And it feels like a guardian angel or a miracle. And people can be like, this is, this is God, this is Mother Teresa, this is the Virgin Mary, you know, or, you know, any religion can pick out their, their saintly beings to, to be doing this. Yeah. And we don't understand it, but there's, there's enough anecdotal evidence to show that there's something probably going on. Sure. And we have to determine for ourselves what that looks like right now. You determine it maybe a little bit different than me, but I'm, there's weird shit out there that affects our lives. That's true. There's weird shit out there that affects our lives. Why are you looking at me like that? This is the way my face looks, Christian. Can't do anything about it. It's oh. called genetics. You want me to read something? Yeah, you can read the next one. Marshmallow Sweet 958. The promise kept. I had everything planned to take my life. Letters, everything. I woke up that morning. We should have done a trigger warning. Trigger warning on this one. Hey, you're reading it. You should have done a trigger yeah. warning. How dare you? Yeah. My last day, and I wanted to spend as much time before I completely gave up. My mother brought my siblings to school, and when she came home, told me to make her a cup of coffee. So, so I did, and she sat down very troubled. Told me she had a dream where everyone kept knocking at her door, dressed in black, and handing her flowers. They kept asking where I was, and she kept looking for me. I remember her telling me to promise her that I wouldn't do anything stupid. I was so angry inside because I knew what that dream meant. In the end, I promised to keep her from being suspicious. However, when it came time for me to go, I couldn't do it. I wanted desperately to do it. I hated it here, but the promise was like a boundary. I didn't understand the impact of the promise as my mother and I didn't have a, a good relationship. Why was it so strong? Like I made a promise to God or something. That promise stuck with me for years, could never do it no matter how much I tried. Somehow breaking that promise felt more hurtful than anything. My mother and I, of course, still don't get along, and I bet she doesn't even realize the impact of the promise. But there are days where I thank God for that moment. It's the reason that I am alive today. It's pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. You're going to have to put that phone number up. Put that phone number up? Yeah. Oh, the suicide hotline? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can find um, it. I don't, you know, it's... A dream of all things, you know, that's, that's, it seems, I mean, I know there's connections between parents and children and stuff like that, but... You don't see it yet, but you're about to. Yeah. I, I truly, I mean, we can sit there and believe it, but you really don't get it until those, like, till your brain changes, basically. You know, your brain is going to change chemically here in the next couple months. So is China's. Yeah. Even mine, you know, in a different way, but... That con that you, connection is going to be totally different. I mean, it's just the love connection. Yeah. No, and I thought but, I thought yours was going to change. You're going to start like 
experimenting with hallucinogenics. Or no, no, like no. Yeah. It's little things in life sometimes that make a big difference. Yeah. And, and something like that, like, and even, you know, the, the person mentioned that it's like so minor, like it was something like, I just made a promise to my mom, whatever. And then even like wanting to continue to do wanting to die again, like over and over and just being like, just remember that, that one small promise, man. Like, I mean, like, I'm sure you've lost people to suicide uh, in your life. Yeah. You know, I lost my brother. Uh, if he would have reached out and, and said something like this to me, like I probably would have done the same thing. Like, I mean, I had those moments. So I had those moments before, before he, like a week before he died, I, I was laying in bed and I had that, like, and I thought it was from God, like saying, Hey, you need to call your brother. You need to call your brother. You need to talk to your brother. And I just kept putting it off. But if he, if I had done that and he had like mentioned something where he's just like, Oh, I'm over it or whatever, then you know, I, would, I would have done the same thing. Like, no, promise me you're not going to do shit. And maybe, you know, could have been a different outcome. Yeah. So if anyone is actually struggling with, with those thoughts, like you're obviously not alone. We live in very dark times, very uh, confusing times and it's easy to get kind of caught up in that that chaos you know but the number for the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255 and even if you just want to chat you can comment on any of our socials we'll talk to you we're pretty we're pretty chatty people ourselves do you remember when you started this episode and you're like we wanted to do some light stuff i know yeah i got pretty <laughs> got pretty dark there in the middle of that oops but no they didn't they didn't kill themselves it was like it was a good it was a good ending Yes. It was just our commentary that unfortunately had to be a little a little dark there at the end. It's a good story though. I like that story. It was it was a little wholesome. Well as wholesome as you can be being a probable suicide story, but we do a couple quick hits to close out the episode. This one is from Mamba Gaming nineteen ninety seven. I'm alive. I was literally about to take a step off a building and I heard someone say, It's not your time. I know it hurts and is hard, but I never left you. And something pulled me back onto my butt on the roof. When I turned around, there wasn't anyone there, but it felt like someone was there with me. Sorry, I know we again said light, and this person was about to walk off a roof. I get it, but still got saved. It's, it's, I really do talk like William Shatner sometimes. <laughs> I realize, yeah. yeah. Um, this is why it's important, I think, that we get out of our minds sometimes so we can hear things like this. You know, the last couple stories are pretty dramatic, last second things. But there's always messages coming to us yeah. like from whether it's from something spiritual or just the environment around us. And we spend so much time, you know, stuck in our repeating thoughts that we don't see the world around us. True. And for some of us, like I told you, you have to work and schedule that time where you turn shit off. And it doesn't have to be an hour. It can be five minutes. Just do it. I tell I, I guarantee you you'll feel better. Yeah. And you you know, it's it's not perfect, but you gotta you gotta quiet your mind in this world. This world is just it is ridiculous. It you is. Know? Man, no one's having a good time. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like it's unrelenting, so you gotta gotta shut it down for a few minutes each day. True, true, true. Uh, this next one is from World's Best Coffee. Doubt it, but sure. Okay, I grew up Christian and attended. I, so did I. I know it's a classic. It's a classic joke with you. Whenever <laughs> let it go. Whenever there's a Christian that has a story, um, I grew up Christian and attended many quote faith healing services where people claimed healing for or claimed healing or sought healing. I have always been skeptical of these. When I was 16, I was in an accident and dislocated my shoulder. After that, it would dislocate at the drop of a hat. I couldn't do push-ups because if I moved my arm in the wrong direction at all, pop goes the weasel. I was in a church service in 
in my mid-twenties, and the preacher's praying at the end and says, quote, God is healing someone's old shoulder injury. I move my shoulder, it's healed. I tried to dislocate it, it wouldn't. That was more than 15 years ago, still good as new. Can't explain it. Does all that stuff around the joint regrow? Did it steadily keep getting better and I just then, and I just then noticed? Yes. Well, there's Christian's answer for you, is yes. Because these type of healers are fake. Sometimes. Most of the time. I'll, all say, the I'll, time. I'll even say most of the time. All the time. But every once in a while, they may be like, you're healed. And the Spirit's like, oh, okay, we'll help you out. We were passing mm. through. No, nah, no. Nah. There's, dude, there's, okay, believe it or not, you won't believe it. But for me, like anything that's televised and it's just crazy, oh my goodness, the Lord is, like that shit, fake, yeah. 100%. But the people that don't pitch up these gigantic tents and try to like make a you know profit off this shit, I think there's people that actually do in the spiritual thing. You probably won't say it's religious or spiritual or from God or anything like that, but it could just be energy all the same. But there's people that can tap into that shit and legitimately heal. It could be from one of the gods. You just you have this weird qualm with the the Hebrew God for some reason. Like, no, <laughs> like I, you, I have a qualm. Like I have a qualm with the church. Yeah, because this keeps coming up. But it doesn't and have I'm to be the church. And I'm not anti-religious. Yeah. I have a problem with the church, not just the Christian church, any church. Yeah. But this doesn't say anything about... And I don't believe in faith healers. I do believe people can heal because yeah. I believe there were faith healers before there was ever a Christian God. Sure. And I think people can do that. And where that energy comes from, whether it's one of the gods, the God, the, you know... The spiritual magic realm. I don't know. There are some people that can heal. Maybe not like this. So why? So why would you say that this is a hundred percent fake? Like, are you saying that just because this person's religious, this they, one they can't... is a hundred percent fake because it sounds like a big tent revival, and it's it's the the healing part. When somebody claims they're a healer, don't listen to them. Well, yeah. When they just heal, okay, that's there's those. You know what I mean? It's like. Somebody's making money being a healer is not going to be a healer. Sure. But people that aren't making money that genuinely feel like, like a calling from what they would call as their God. Okay. So yeah, like, they might be a healer yeah. and where that healing comes from. I mean, sometimes it's just, if you believe you can heal, you're going to heal. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it really is a might, faith move. Yeah. You know? Sometimes something may reach out and touch you and heal you. Yeah. But there's like, I've seen and heard legit stories of people that have been healed in church services, in shit like that. Like, and I know you're shaking your head skeptically as, you know, as you do being a skeptic of a podcast, but there's some things that I personally can't deny. I can't deny that some people have been healed in these situations. There you go. In a church. Also, Big Tent Revival uh, was a great band when I was growing up. It's a great name for a band, Big Tent Revival. Also, well, this doesn't have to do with me growing up but I wanted to bring Matthew McConaughey back into the realm because in true detective, there is a great bit between him and Woody Harrelson at a tent revival type. Oh, does thing. he say big tent revival is a flat circle? He's on that. He's on that level and it's really offensive in some ways, mm. but it's perfectly in character with him and he Classic. does a great job. Classic. And Woody Harrelson does a great job responding to him. It's a classic scene. If you ever watch True Detective, you'll recognize this scene. And the two of them together through the whole first season yeah. is amazing. Because one is like old, you know, regular from the South person, police detective. The other is like this really nihilistic police detective. Mm. 
mm. that has no faith. Nothing matters. But the world is kind of crazy and spiritual, but yeah. it doesn't have the faith in God. So it's just, it's, it'll make you think their interactions with each other. Well, that's all we could ask for, huh? Yeah. Sorry. I <laughs> railroaded you again. Yeah, at least you didn't mention time. Um, yeah, this last one. Is a flat circle. Yeah, there it is. And we'll close out the episode with this. I just want to thank everyone for tuning in again. Yes. We, we appreciate everyone that, that checks out the show. Tell your friends. Share it with your friends. Let's grow this bad boy. Schedule your five minutes of Faith mental, healing. Oh. mental clearing. There you go. That works. however you feel is best. Nice. Uh, this last one comes to us from Mac Heath one on September 11th, 1982. My entire family was at an air show in Mannheim, Germany. When the second deadliest helicopter crash in history happened, the Chinook was immediately above and came crashing down on the four of us walking to the air show. Half of it was whooshed to the, to the roadway next to us and the rest landed on us. As in there was a circle of flaming debris but a cleared radius of about 10 meters, 30 feet or so, with us at the center. I am religious, but I don't believe anything happens outside of science. I have no explanation. I try to attribute it to wind, but it wasn't very windy. There were hot air balloons and such going on. My parents are not religious, but my mom said, quote, it was the hand of God that saved the family. I think I've seen that crash. Yeah. Because I used to... I mean, that is crazy. That's and it's crazy sometimes like in a situation like this where you're in the middle of death and there's no possible escape and you escape. It's pretty there, bonkers. It is. And it I mean, and in this case, it's very simple to say this is not the hand of God. You just got lucky. Yeah. That's very simple. But good luck finding the explanation for it. I mean, also. you just got lucky. You just happened to be where those blades yeah. didn't spin, but there but where that's the fire what, didn't go. Yeah. And you just happened to be in that one area that was like maybe four feet wide that was safe be and there's no way that should have been safe but nothing yeah. spun through that area at that time yeah well that's it, what i'm saying is like good luck explain you can't explain luck you can't ever attribute it to anything other than well i guess that happened you know you know right place right time yeah what put you in the right place at the right time sometimes not maybe not in this case because a helicopter crashed on top of you but not ideal yeah. like in a traffic accident you're like we're in a daydream for a split second at a stoplight and didn't go. Yeah. Car comes flying through. That one's, you know, unexplainable, but there's a chain of events that led up to it. Yeah, so very I knew you'd like that one too. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a fun one. To me, this one's really as is the easiest out of all the other stories to say this is just pure luck. Yeah. Because this one there's almost no spiritual thing, even though the mom felt there was. Because sometimes you just know. Like and people that have people that have been in situations like this or in this situation where they maybe were in an accident but didn't die there's just this it's just it's like a magical un you don't understand how you survive and in this case that sounds like that so it's got to be it's all it's just even if it's there's no spiritualness involved in it it becomes a spiritual experience once your life flashes before your eyes in one way or another, huh. that's spiritual. Or it could be an entirely spiritual scenario. and you know, yeah. But it still becomes spiritual in your mind because it's a religious experience when you come close to death. I'm a lot sure. of people say. Yeah. Whether, even if you're not, even if you're atheist, it is a profound experience when you're that close to known death. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, I could be wrong, but. Mm, I think probably. Yeah. 
But I mean, hey, who am I? Uh, yeah, so I think that, that pretty much does it for the episode. If you haven't in a while, go peep the merch store at the freakydehe.com. We've got some some fresh new designs up there. Um, and as usual, I want to give shout outs to people that have been repping the, the merchandise. If you did order a t-shirt or something, take a selfie in it. We'll post it on the Instagram. We'll get it on our socials as well. We love seeing you guys rocking the TFD merch. That that fresh TFD drip, is, as the kids are saying, that TFD drip swag. Probably too many words in there. That's not what the kids are saying. They usually pick one, and it's usually fire. Hey, I brought it back. Yeah. Um, but shout out to uh, Tracy, Trisha, and Teresa, who have all placed orders recently for T-shirts. And that's uh, that's Freaky Deaky. Totally. Yeah. So go check it out. TheFreakyDeaky.com. Check the new designs out. Got plenty to go around. And we'll see you right back here next week for another episode of the Freaky Deaky. Have a good night. I thought we were recording it. It sounds weird, man. Look, I have a way with words sometimes that just catches on. Nobody was saying dingus for the longest time. And you know who brought that back? Your boy. So, I don't know. I don't know. And dingus is very mild. I It is. Yeah. I, I am not worried about it. I don't think our cussing's too bad. But I'm like when people ask, I'm like, we cuss. So when you cuss, sometimes it gets a little vulgar. Yeah. And that people know that if they can handle that, then their kids can listen. Was that was that in the episode this week too? Was that me like saying "fuck" the guy that was driving? Uh... Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I only swear like that when I'm really trying to drive a point home. But also, but also, fuck that guy for real. But also, kids, the people that are going to listen to our podcast, their kids have heard their parents do that shit, so it's not very surprising. Sometimes, yeah, kids. There was one time I was at the uh, the park in California City with my friend, and this this small child walks up to us. He's no more than four, and my buddy and I are on the swings. You know, we're teenagers on the swings, being cool as you do. And this small child walks up to us, and mind you, this small child's mom is out on bench twenty feet away from us, like keeping an eye on her kid. Obviously, uh, and so the kid walks up to us, and my buddy's like, "Hey, what's up, dude?" And he looks at my friend. And he goes, "Hey, fuck you!" And it's just a four-year-old, and like my friend and I are both like, "What the fuck?" And we start laughing, and then he's like, "No, fuck you, dude!" And I'm like, "Okay, this is getting very aggressive." And I look over at the mom, and the mom's just kind of like looking at us and looking at that her kid, and I'm like, "Nothing, okay." But like for me, if I would have said "fuck you" at the age of the ripe age of four or five, guess who's not making it to six? Me too. Your boy. Me too, man. I didn't start swearing until I was like, like heavy swearing until I was like 16. I still and haven't started swearing heavy. I know, I know, I know. But for me, it was like so taboo that like my friends and I, we didn't go out and get like wasted and like party with a bunch of like half naked girls or anything like that. Yeah. What we did was we'd, you know, get together, we'd go watch a movie, then we'd get McDonald's and inside McDonald's would be like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> shit, that's bullshit, man. <laughs> you know, like we just joke around about stupid shit and cuss and then. And that, that made us feel cool. Like we didn't have to be addicted to heroin like some yeah. people these days, you know? Well, I think that's where sometimes you're lucky if you're kind of geeky or nerdy. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way though. I mean, I played sports, but I was pretty geek on the geeky or nerdy side of sports. Yeah. And I, and I had great friends that were cool with that. Sure. Um, you just don't. And, and even now with like video games and stuff, kids, there's still drug problems and stuff like that and violence problems out there but there's better alternatives. Yeah. Also like as a young adult, you know, in my parents' generation, you go to the bar after work every day. True. Now somebody's like, oh, I'll go home and play some video games or watch some Netflix or something. True. It's so, a lot more docile. Yeah. A lot more vulgar, but a lot, a lot more docile. Yeah. Both, both my parents didn't realize I cussed or both of them found me cussing the first time related to sports. Mm. My mom heard me cussing out, out in the street playing football. And my dad heard me really cussing at a, when he came to see me play my first hockey game. Okay. And they were both shocked. They're like, oh, goodness, not our son. But luckily, but not shocked enough to be like, don't do that. They're like kind of impressed. Oh, thank God he cusses. Yeah. He's somewhat normal. They're like, oh, geez, <laughs> he was such a square before this. Yeah. God, finally. Yeah. All right. I'm ready whenever you are. Oh. oh, are we? Oh, hey, oops. Sorry, didn't see you there. Yeah, it's only been 16 minutes. What a fun, what a fun end bit that people get to listen to. And now for the beginning bit.